as one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Let's pray together today. Father, we thank you for your word, God, and the truth that it brings and the life that it gives. We just ask you, God, to open our hearts, Father, to receive that that you have for us, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak to you for just a moment today on more than a mother. Would you say that with me? More than a mother. You know, <clears throat> growing up, everybody's childhood is different. Some of us had mothers that were very nurturing and, you know, cared, and they were there, and others, you know, not so much. That, and I, I learned something. Sometimes it's very difficult for you to give what you didn't have. And so if you didn't have that growing up, it's hard for you to give that. But here's the good news is that God is the one that brings it to us. I thought about all the attributes of mothers and realized that these are just gifts that have been dropped into their hearts by God himself. How many of you know that your capacity to love did not develop within yourself, but it comes from God? And so it is God that gives a mother the ability to love and care. And how many of you know that God is so much more than a mother? Amen. He, he is able. He, I thought it unique in Isaiah that he describes a mother talking about himself. Well, who knows about what God intended for a mama to be more than him? He knows what he meant for us to have and for us to develop. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of the attributes of, of God that he has dropped into the hearts of mothers. First one is compassion. Everyone say compassion. The Lord is very compassionate and merciful. In Scripture, how many, how many of you ever had a situation where you just needed some compassion? You know what I'm talking about? And so, uh, you know, if, if I was in trouble, it, it wasn't dad I was going to to try and find mercy. <laughs> I, I would go to mama and try and find mercy. There's something about compassion that is tied up in the heart of a mother. There's a lady in scripture, her name is Jochebed. Jochebed finds herself in a very difficult situation. She's just given birth to a son, and according to law, all the sons had to be thrown into the Nile River. I mean, can you imagine somebody knocking on your door and grabbing your baby? And th I can tell you right now, somebody come after Dutch, they're going to have to come through me first. And I'm not even mama. <laughs> but it's, it's and, and so she sees the situation she's in, and she decides, she has so much compassion for the child, she thinks, I can't do this. And she hides the child until he becomes too large to hide any longer. And so then he decides, she decides, you know what? I would rather trust my child in the hands of God than to release him into the hands of men. And so what she does is she fixes up a little basket, she puts pitch around it to waterproof it, and she takes it to the very place that they threatened to throw her boy. 
But she takes him there and releases him to God. And I want to tell you what the enemy meant to destroy you. God has a way of turning it for good. <laughs> he finds himself in the same river he was going to be thrown into, but now he is in the hands of God, and God navigates him into the presence of Pharaoh's daughter. She pulls him up out of that basket and goes, Oh, look, baby, I'm going to name him Moses. I drew him out of the water. And God even arranges for his mother to get to nurse him, and she gets paid for it. How many of you women would have loved to have gotten paid to nurse your baby? You better get used to it. They're running out of formula. <laughs> compassion. God is a God of compassion. How many of you know that mothers can be protective? They got that from God. Isaiah 43 and 2, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. <laughs> What's he saying? Go ahead, make my day. God's letting you know that I'm not going to, before anybody can get to you, they're going to have to come through me, and there are none so fierce that dare stir him up. And so he is a protective God. Everybody say protective. How many of you remember Sarah? Sarah can't have children. God tells her she's going to. Doesn't happen when she wants it to happen. Somebody turn around and look at your neighbor and say, just hold on. Just, just hang on. He, there's a song that said, he may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. She gets in a hurry, can't have a kid. She gets in a hurry, so she does something she's going to live to regret. She gives Hagar, her handmaid, to Abraham. And said, here, take her, have a baby with her, and... I'll claim that baby. How many of you know that's never going to work out? Right? I mean, it, it just, it don't work out. And so Hagar has a baby. She names him Ishmael. And then Sarah has a baby just like God told her she was going to have a baby, but not exactly when she expected it. When he, she finishes weaning Isaiah, I did the same thing in the first sermon. When she finishes weaning Isaac, I don't know what's going on with Isaiah today, but <laughs> that's why I'm saying he's sitting right in front of me. No wonder. Were, were you there at the first service too? Oh, well, I thought that'd explain it, but it doesn't. Okay. So she weans Isaiah. I, she weans, I'm sorry. She weans Isaac. I got it. She weans Isaac, and they throw a big celebration. And so they have this big party, and Sarah catches Ishmael, who is 14 years old now, making fun and ridiculing Isaac. And when she sees it, Mama Bear comes out. She goes to Abraham. She said, get rid of that boy and get rid of his mother now. And Abraham looked at her and said, yes, ma'am. He he, God told him, you, you do 
what she's telling you to do. Why would that happen? Do you understand that when you, we don't listen to God to begin with, we end up having to deal with stuff we would have never had to deal with if we had just listened to him in the first place. Sarah was very protective. I had a mama that was protective. My older brother went to, oh, I forgot about that. I'll, t- I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, I got stories for you today. <laughs> My older brother changed schools and he went up to the bus stop and when he went up to the bus stop he he came back home that afternoon and he'd been beaten up and she said Daryl what happened he said this guy jumped on me she said well did you did you fight him back he said no I didn't fight him back all of his friends were standing there ready to jump on me she said what next morning mom got dressed to go to the bus stop she took my brother up to the bus stop and uh when she got up there, all those kids were standing there looking at my mom, and my mom said, Daryl, which one did it? Pointed him out, and she said, okay, Daryl. She said, now I'm going to stand here and make sure none of these other kids jump on you. And she looked at Daryl, and she said, now, Daryl, get him. <laughs> and Daryl did. <laughs> Daryl beat the snot out of that boy. They became best friends. They became, honest, honest to goodness, man, all the way through life, they became best friends. And why? Because there was a mama that was there saying, look, nobody is going to jump on my boy. She wasn't going to fight his battle for him, but she wasn't going to let others try and team up against him. You need to understand what I'm saying today. God has already determined before you find yourself in a situation that you're big enough, bad enough, rough enough, and got stuff enough to get through it, or you wouldn't be in it because he promised I won't put any more on you than you can bear what's he saying I'm there to protect you man God has got protection wrapped up in his heart my mom I'm an I'm older now I'm grown up I'm married I got kids I'm at my mom's house talking about when I got fitted for a retainer my mouth is very small I know some of you don't believe that but the opening of my mouth isn't very big. And I was getting fit for this retainer, and this guy, the dentist, had that plate full of putty that he was shoving in my mouth. And man, it felt like he was ripping my mouth apart. And I was in the chair going like this, and all of a sudden he went, slapped me right in the face and said, sit still. I'm telling this. I. I didn't realize I'd never told my mom that. I looked at my mom, man, she's over the table, her face turned red, her lip clenched, and she said, how come you never told me that? And I thought, thank God that dentist is dead or he would be. I mean, my, it, I, I, it, was, it was, mama was about to go off on him. We were fixing to make a 300 and something mile drive just so she could get that dentist. Don't mess with mama. I knocked on the door one night, my mom's door. She, she, I, you know what I saw? I saw the curtain peer back with a 38 looking at me. Don't mess with mama. Do you understand that mama got her instincts from God? When the devil comes trying to destroy you, do you understand that he's going to run smack dab into God? He said, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. He's not going to let you be beat down. 
He's going to lift you up. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, don't mess with me. <laughs> Protected. Mothers are faithful. God is a faithful God. 1 Corinthians 1 and 9, God is faithful. He is reliable, trustworthy, and ever true to his promise. He can be depended on. And through him, you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Somebody say faithful. Any of you ever leave your child someplace and forget him? Shout it out. Thank you. God will never forget where you're at. <laughs> Faithful. Yeah, we, that was really my fault. Father's Day, it'll be her fault. <laughs> it was, I, I, I forgot the kid at church. I mean, my son at church. I got him at church, and then I, I got home and thought she had him, and she said, where's Jonathan? I said, you don't have him. He goes, no, don't you have him? I said, no, I don't have, man. I took off and got, opened the church door and flipped the light on just in time to see this little boy raising up out of the pew looking around. Man, he just, he had just woke up and he's thinking, oh, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> Faithful. Aren't you glad that you don't have to work? But this runs in her family. <laughs> we, left, we left Jonathan with her mama. We were, he wanted to go. There was a big trip planned to the Passion Play in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. So we let him stay so he could go to Eureka Springs. And they went and they saw the Passion Play. And everybody loaded up and left him at the Passion Play. He was six years old. And, and all of a sudden, people, you know, and her mom finally realized he was gone. But they were about 30 miles down the road before she realized it. And so they came in, they finally called her, and he said, man, I had a time. He said, people came up, and they given me pizza and everything I wanted to drink and eat. I, was, I don't know why they bothered, you know. <laughs> Faithful, God does not forget us. In Scripture, there's a woman that doesn't have children. She can't have children, and she had a husband that loved her. The Bible said that he loved her more than, he treated her better than ten sons. But back in those days, it wasn't God's. How many of you know that everything that's in the Bible, God did not condone? It's, it's really important that you get that because some people make the mistake and they read Scripture and they think that everything is Scripture, God condones. God, God, there's a lot of things in Scripture that God did not condone. People were affected by their culture and by society the same way that we are. So God works to get to people in spite of culture and society. So it was never God's intent for a man to have more than one wife. You know, Solomon got messed up because the guy had 700 wives and 300 concubines. That's enough to drive anybody. You know, I, I'm not, ladies, don't get upset with me. It'd be the same with you. If you had 700 husbands and 300 hunks or whatever you'd call them, you know, it, it, would, it, would, it would mess you up. And so God always intended for there to just be one man and one woman. But in the Bible, their culture allowed them to have more than one wife. So this guy loves Hannah, and he has another wife, and she is giving Hannah fits. She's got a bunch of kids, and she, she let her know it. 
I can see her. I, I mean, I don't know exactly how she did that, but I got my idea. She may have lined all her kids up and walked them by her. You know, and, and it just, it, it wore on her to the point that she went to the temple for the annual feast and she just falls at the altar and she's crying out to God. And she said, God, I promise you, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you and he'll be yours all the days of his life. Well, she had a son. And when she had that son, she didn't forget her promise. She was faithful. I want you to think about how hard it would have been for her. For finally she got the baby she was longing for. But she took that baby when he was weaned and old enough to be away from her. And she took him to the temple and gave him to the Lord for his service. She'd come see him every year. But now Samuel belonged to God. Faithful mothers still do that. It's something we call a dedication service. That's why we bring little babies when they're small and we, give, we recognize that God gave them to us and we give them back to God to belong to God all the days of their life. The scripture said, raise or train up a child in the way he should go and when he, what? When he is old, he shall not depart from it. What's it saying? It's saying, you say, well, wait a minute. Now, my, my boy walked away from God or my girl walked away from God. No, no. When you train them up, they never get away from it. It's always in them. No matter what's going on in their life, that is still in them. And God's got a way of bringing them back home. Faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. He's more than a mother. How many of you ever experienced your mother speaking value into you? She was confident in you. You know what I'm talking about? She got that from God. Look at, look at 1 Peter 2 and 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We need to quit walking around like we're nothing. We need to quit walking around like, we. what's wrong with you? Nobody loves me. You need to watch that program where Debbie went and ate a worm. Nobody loves me. How many of you saw that? I made her brush her teeth before she kissed me. <laughs> we, we walk around like we're whipped and we're defeated. Do you understand that when we do that, it's like an affront to God. It's like us saying to God that you're not big enough to get me where you want me. Listen, man, this is a declaration. Peter makes the statement, he said, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priest. said, walk with your head up, knowing that you serve a God that loves you, and he's so much more than a mother. Man, he can get you exactly where he needs you to be. How many of you believe that? Confident in God's ability. I was wrestling, man. One time I, I was wrestling on, God, what am I supposed to do? And I felt God telling me something, but I was so afraid to follow through with it. And I had a dream that night. 
and I dreamt that there was this filing cabinet on wheels. And I took that filing cabinet and I was supposed to move it to a certain location. And I picked the filing cabinet up and I put it in the back of my truck. And I, when I, I slammed the truck like that, and when I slammed the truck, the tailgate fell back down, but the truck took off. And I'm standing there and the truck is going with that filing cabinet. And I'm going, oh no. And I jump in the car and I'm chasing my truck through town. The truck goes uptown. There's a stop sign. The truck makes a right. I'm thinking, what in the world, man? I chase the truck. It goes into the next town. And I, I, I'm thinking, oh, it's going right into the main part of town. And I'm, 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 I am chomping, thinking it's going to hit somebody. It's going to hit a car. And it, it turns left. And I'm thinking, what is going on? And I turn, I turn left, and I see it go into a parking lot. And it, it comes up in one of those little concrete, what do they call those? You know, where you pull up to the, Huh? You know what I'm talking about, a parking, go out there. I don't know what they're called, but it's right out there. Those concrete things that you pull up to, you know, and and it it pulled up to that concrete curb and and all of a sudden it it stops and I go, oh, thank God. And the filing cabinet came out the back and took off. This happened. I'm not making this up. I I had this dream. The filing cabinet starts rolling toward the building that has a glass door and it's headed right for the glass door. I'm out of the car running after it, trying to catch up with it, and all of a sudden I'm going, man, my heart's pounding. I'm thinking, it's getting ready to hit that door. Somebody came out of the building, opened the door, and the filing cabinet went in. I ran into the door, and when I run into the door, I see the filing cabinet turn a corner, and it's going into a room. I run, I'm running, I get to the filing cabinet, bumps against the wall, and stops. And then I realized that that's exactly where I was going to take it. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, if you'll trust me, I'll get you exactly where I want you. See, we always feel like we've got to be, we've, and I learned something about having confidence in God because God has confidence in us. He said, you'll be a royal priesthood, a chosen generation I thought you you remember Mary you know that little girl that was the mother of Jesus well she had Jesus and he grew up and Mary has confidence in him and Mary has so much confidence in him that they end up at a wedding feast Jesus is grown now and they're invited to a wedding but Mary knew the people get married and so she had an insight my feeling is she's probably working in the kitchen what makes you think that because she knew when they ran out of wine you're in a restaurant you don't know when they're out of baked potatoes until somebody from the kitchen tells you and she went up to Jesus and she said they have no wine she brings him into the kitchen gets him in the kitchen bunch of servants standing there and she looks at Jesus and she said they have no wine well what's the big deal so they're out of wine do you understand that in that in New Testament culture when you were invited to a wedding it was the wedding it was the family's responsibility of the couple being married to supply you with food and drink until the party was over and those parties could last a week they're out of wine and Jesus looked at her and said woman 
What's that got to do with me? My time hasn't come yet. This is basically what he's saying. Mom, look, there's nothing I can do about this. It's not time for me to show who I am. But Mary believed in him. Mary had confidence in him. Mary doesn't say a word to Jesus. She turns around and she looks at the servants that are standing there next to Jesus, and she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And she walked out of the kitchen. Jesus is now standing there with servants looking at him, waiting for him to say something. Now, I know this isn't in Scripture, but I can't help but think that the first thing out of his mouth was, that's my mama. <laughs> that's, you know, boy, she just, you know, just, it's like she's going, I believe in you. You're telling me that it's not time yet, but son, you can do it anytime you want to. And so what's he do? He looks at them and he said, go get some water. Matter of fact, I love this. Can I just go ahead and finish this? Because I love this. He tells them, go get some water. Now there's six pots, six stone pots there that hold 20 to 30 gallons of water apiece. They don't have a faucet. They have to carry that to a well and fill it up and bring it back. Do you understand? They were just told, I want you to go draw 120 to 180 gallons of water and bring it back in here. How many of you have ever drawn a gallon of water out of a well? Wave your hand. I did as a kid. My grandparents didn't have running water. We used to, go, we used to fight over who got to draw the water. But I was only drawing one bucket. I promise you, if I'd been drawing 120 or 180, I wouldn't have been fighting that before it at all. I'd said, you can do it. I can see those guys looking at him going, wait a minute, man. If you're going, I mean, if, if the idea is that you're going to turn this water into wine, can't you just fill the pots? See, we always want mama to do everything for us, right? We want God to do everything for us. And how many of you know that God has so much confidence in you that he's saying, no, there's some things that you need to do that for yourself. There are some things that you don't need me to do for you. There are some things that you can do. I've got confidence that you can do it. So get up and do it. And he turned, by the way, he didn't turn the water into wine. Everybody say confidence. You remember this boy back in the 18, I believe it was the 1800s, early 1900s, he, he, he got thrown out of school. He was considered addled. Teacher said he's not capable of learning. Threw him out of school. He went home to his mother told him what had happened and instead of his mother ridiculing him and getting on to him she said what do they know about raising a genius boy's name was Thomas Edison and because she nurtured him she believed in him oh yeah he messed up a lot of, he blew that some the house up a few times <laughs> but he gave us light because somebody believed in him. You need to understand that God believes in you. He has confidence he's not going to forget about you. Mary shows her confidence in her son, and then look what her son does for her. Jesus is hanging on a cross. His back has been ripped open. 
with a leather whip that was mingled with bone and lead. In a book called The Anatomy of Calvary, they said if you had shown a light at his chest, you could have seen rays of light coming out his back. He was beaten so severely. A crown of thorns beat down on his head, causing excruciating pain to go through his body through nerve endings. Spikes through his hands and his feet. His body bleeding out. Scarcely any life in him. And in that situation, he looks out and finds his mother, makes eye contact with her and says, Mother, behold your son. And he looked over at John. And then he looked at John and said, Son, behold your mother. He was making sure that his mother was taken care of before he left this walk of life. Don't you think for a moment that God has forgotten you? Don't you think for a moment that he doesn't know what you're going through or what you're feeling or what you're experiencing? He not only knows, he's going to walk you through it. He's going to see to it that you're not left alone. Listen to what this says. God, listen, man, so I understand that in today's society that a lot of us may, may have grown up without that type of mother figure in our life, without the nurturing, but I've got good news for you today. You are not alone God loves you and he is so much more than a mother he cares for you he has compassion for you listen to what he says about you he said the Lord answered and said can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb even these may forget but I will not forget you. I will not. I saw a clip about, a, about six months or so ago of a woman that had delivered a baby. She pulled up. They had it on film. She pulled up, had a trash sack, and flipped the sack up in a dumpster and rode off. They were dumpster diving that night, and they discovered it was a baby inside that bag, and they brought the baby out, and the baby lived. Some people don't understand it. Some people don't don't get it. Some people have gotten so far away from God that they have no feeling. They're without natural affection. But hear me today. God is going to take care of you. He's going to mother you. He's going to father you. He's going to be there for you. He said, they may forget, but I will never forget. Hebrews 13 and 5 said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I was 18 years old. The church I attended just said I was just a smart aleck teenager. Why? Because I wanted to do something for God. And they really didn't know what to do with that. But they also didn't know that I, God was the one that put that in me. Do you understand the, the drive, the compassion, the love that you feel? has been put in there by God. He said, I know what my plans are concerning you. I remember working a full-time job and, 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 and aching 
in my heart thinking, God, I want so much to do for you. I want so much to be able to do, but I can't make it any other way. He said, I know what my plans are concerning you. Plans of good and not evil to give you a future and hope. Wherever you find yourself today, whatever chapter in life you're in, you need to understand that there's a God that believes in you, that loves you so much that he was willing to give his life for you. Pastor, you don't, you don't understand how many times I was told that I'm, I was nothing or I didn't matter. You know, I'm so stupid, I'll never be able to amount to anything. I don't care what anybody else spoke over you. You are who God said you are. Would you stand with me right now? Let me say it one more time. You are who God said you are. Mamas, if somebody were to come into your house and grab one of your children and start slapping around, would you just look at him and say, when you're done, make sure you lock the door? No. Man, you would pounce not doing that to me in a place called, if I remember this right, the place was called Bear Park. They had motorhome that they'd pulled up there and it was an older couple and they had their grandchild with him. Window was open and little boy was playing up front. Grandpa and grandpa were standing a little bit further back in the motorhome and when all of a sudden a cougar leaped through the window and pounced on that child. They said that the grandfather stood there and he, he was just frozen and said, but man, like lightning, grandma grabbed a butcher knife on her way to the front and got a hold of that cougar and started stabbing that cougar until that thing leaped back out the window. What's going on? Something that was hardwired in her by God. You're not going to touch my baby. Today, you need to let God do a little bit of mothering himself. You need to let God wrap his arms around you and pull you in close and cause you to understand he's not going to let anyone take you out. He's going to lift you up you may feel like I'm all alone in life and I don't have anybody to watch from. I beg your pardon. If God be for us, who, my friend, can be against us? He's so much more than a mother. So this is what I want to do. I want to give you an opportunity today. If you're in this place and you just feel like your life is kind of Scattered, and you're thinking, I really need some direction. Why don't you let God do that for you today? You may have been talked down to 
You may have been verbally abused. But he said, I know what my word is towards you, what my thoughts are towards you. Start listening to him instead of all the voices around you. Understand who you are. You be greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I recognize on my own, I'm no match for Satan. But I also know that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And I know this, I know that Satan is no match for the God I serve. <laughs> so today, if you don't know him, if you haven't made him your savior, if you haven't let him into your heart, don't make it hard, don't make it complicated. I was the, sm I was the youngest in my family. My mom would get me in a family reunion where there's a bunch of girls around my age, and then she'd start introducing the kids, and she'd go, and this is the baby of the family, and I'm a mom kissing on my head, loving on me. Took me a while to appreciate those things. So this is what I'm saying to you right now. Why don't you let God hug on you? Why don't you let God minister to you and cause you to become who he said you are? If you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, I, I want to do that, I want you to stretch your hands to heaven with me. For just a second. Just hold them up. That's it. Hold them up. Don't be afraid. I always tell people this. I, I know, and I'm not knocking it, but I've always, my, my thinking has always been different. I know sometimes we say, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. But I'm thinking, look, man, if you can't come up here in front of God before people that love you, how are you ever going to make it out there? So it's like, no, just wave your hands in front of everybody and say, hey, I'm going to live for God. I want God in my life. I want him directing my life. I want him giving me every step I need to take. I want to, him, I want to acknowledge him in all my ways. With those hands up right now, let me pray for you today. Can I do it? Father, thank you, God, for all those that have stretched their hands saying, I need you. Declaring, I want you. Father, I'm asking you, God, on this Mother's Day, be more than a mother to us, God. Just wrap your arms around us and hold us, Father. I pray that you speak life into them, speak purpose into them. Let them know that you are not going to walk away from them, that you're going to see them through, and you are a strong tower in a time of need. You are a shelter in the storm. Father, I pray, Lord, that you have your way in our lives. Use us for your glory. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise in this house. So today when you hug your mom and kiss her and say, Mama, I sure do love you. And also say, Mama, do you know that there's someone 
that's more than a mother to you. You don't need to feel alone today. You don't need to feel like I got to hold the world up on my shoulders. Every once in a while, you just need to fall at his feet and say, God, here I am. Thank you for taking care of me. Do you love him today? Come on, turn around, look at somebody and say, he's more than a mama to me. <laughs> Give him one more hand clap of praise. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face smile upon you. May he cause you to understand that you are the head and not the tail, that you're above and not beneath, that he's blessing you in the field and in the city, that going out and coming in, you are a child of God. Walk out of here with your head up, with your heart on fire, saying, my daddy loves me, my mama loves me, and God's all of that wrapped up in one. Amen. Give him another hand clap. We love you today. You have no right.